Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Gem podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Paul, how was your Christmas? It was very pleasant, Jason, actually. How was yours? Mine was all right. Mine was all right. Yeah. Had a couple I mean, nice things, gave a couple nice things. Yeah. Had a lovely dinner. Um, what'd you guys eat? We had uh, ham, mm-hmm. stuffing. Mm-hmm. Broccoli casserole, mm-hmm. a little vino to wash all that down. Mm-hmm. There was something else in there. I don't remember what the salad. I think I forget. Lovely. And you? I made a brujol. Oh, nice. Made a brujol with uh, some broccolini, and I made a uh, from scratch cream of mushroom soup to start things. Well, hello there. Nice. Yeah. Well, my 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 uncle. I uh, used to make it all the time when we would go to their house for Christmas Day. So I figured I'd honor that tradition a little bit, you know, in my part of the country. Cool, man. So that's what we did. And uh, yeah, all things good on that front. But, you know, here we are and we're just days away from the end of this shitty, shitty year. And, you know, this shitty year got the best of us when it comes to Pearl Jam, even though we got some really cool stuff. But we'll go through the ebbs and flows. This is an episode kind of chronicling the year that was Pearl Jam. Yes. And uh, before we get there, of course, please get on your uh, your app of choice. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Rate, review, all that jazz. Follow us on the socials. Instagram, Facebook are the mm-hmm. two big ones. But, you know, I figured this would be like a free-form discussion. As it should be. We, we've had some lovely listicles and very organized chats. But you know what? Let's just take... A little time out of the last week of the year. Are we going to riff? We're just going to riff. We're just going to riff. I have the, the most minimalist, minimalist, the most minimal notes possible for this. So, God help you, Jason. In no particular order, what is a tentpole Pearl Jam moment uh, for you from this year? So, uh, in, in, in a single word, streaming. Mm. Okay. And, and I say that because. Whether it was Mike playing in a bathroom, yeah, or, or or Ed doing a variety of appearances at various events and benefits, uh, or in you know the, the Howard Stern show, whatnot, um, the performance of Dance of the Clairvoyance, Clairvoyance pardon me. Uh, we just had all these wonderful little mixed-in moments over the last couple of months. And to see the band in this is very novel, I think. Um, You know, they kind of, their bread and butter is just getting out there and playing to the masses, seeing these guys in person. That's how they like to interact with their fan base. That's how they like to express their music and communicate that language with people. And to see them, rather than being stifled by, you know, the lack of ability to do that now to, to see them evolve and do what they've done 
and reach out nonetheless, I think has been not only refreshing, but I wonder if it will kind of expand the ways that they uh, reach the fan base in the future with music. Well, I think necessity has bred creativity. Mm-hmm. Because how, how, how often would As you it really, always does, right? Yeah. How often would you really think that these guys who are in their mid to late six, uh, sorry, mid to late fifties using technology in this way. Ed's a very old school guy. Yeah. Um, I feel like Mike is fairly with it and hip, you know, all things considered, but you know, seeing him in his bathroom, just rocking out and doing little jams every once in a while. That's, that's <laughs> wasn't expecting that. I, mean, I wonder if they enjoyed this. And I think, I mean, one of the things I had here, obviously, um, was that COVID canceled everything, and including our tour. And so with this time that we've had, what was the band going to do? They were, they were obviously rehearsing for like 10 days, ready to rock and roll. Their, all their shit was on the East Coast, ready to do Toronto and get things moving right. before they had to pull the plug. So to shift and, and think, okay, well, how are we going, going to... I don't know if you can say entertain our fans, but like interact with them and, and keep keep abreast of their lives and vice versa. They were forced into going down this streaming hole mm-hmm. and using Instagram. I mean, Ed joined Instagram, which is a feat unto itself because he's not the kind of person. I mean, you know, you you'd only see Paul's him on Instagram. not even on Instagram. Paul's not on Instagram, but you'd see only time you'd see Ed on Instagram is through his wife's Instagram or his kids Instagram. Right. And now right. he's got his own and he's doing all these live streams for, for the game awards and for the, the, the teachers thing. And the, in the Georgia runoff elections thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I mean, he put out, he basically put out an EP. Yeah. With, with a number of these streaming things, uh, performances. It's very odd to see them do things this way. And so to your point, I wonder how that changes if at all, once we're back to normalcy. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if they have the time to do this kind of stuff. You know, they were very much working at what I would call a leisurely pace over the last 15 years in some respects. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like it and I hope it's a sign of, the times to come that they, they've realized, wow, like we can actually get content out there and, and have some fun and reach out to folks like this in ways that we hadn't before. Because here's the reality. Even when they start having shows again, yeah, people are going to show up, but there's always going to be a segment of the population that is, I don't want to say agoraphobic, but you're going to have people that have just become so accustomed to not going out and partaking in life the way that they used to. Almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Exactly. It's going to take some time. You know, there's going to be an adjustment, man. And so I I feel like the band is going to have no choice if they want to reach the same audience that they did before. They're going to have to kind of, you know, expand their horizons more than they have in the last 20 years. And and, and they've shown signs of doing that, which is great, but it's going to have to continue, I think. Do you think this is a band that would embrace doing a live stream concert once they're back out there? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I'd like to think so just because some of the bands they've supported, like our good friends Black Circle and other bands, have actually kind of kept afloat with these types of mm-hmm. things. And 
I don't see why not. I mean, they get together and jam in the studio all the time, right? They get together and rehearse. So when they feel comfortable getting together and doing that, why not just plug in and, you know, I mean, it's the next evolution of the bootleg series, right? I mean, there's been a number of times where not only this band, but many bands have done a concert and has been live streamed across the internet and it's either free or you pay a, a nominal fee um, right. to watch it. I mean, I remember live on Letterman, they, they, they taped a show for Letterman and then they played like an hour and 20 minutes afterwards and the whole thing was streamed online. Yeah. Uh, from from Ed Sullivan Theater. So it's possible that say, hey, we've got this great deal in relationship with Nugs. Um, they, they've carried our, our the three shows that we did this year, uh, which was uh, Rome, Italy, Philly, and Seattle. Uh, so it's they've got these, you know, live to tape, pro directed, pro shot concerts at the ready, and they can put them out as VOD. But why not double down on this whole bootleg series thing? Maybe it's not every show. Maybe it's select shows, like you know, sort of like a preemptive eight-man thing. Right. For ten bucks, hey, if you can't make it to the show, this one's gonna be live streamed, and you can right. join us as well. That'd be fucking awesome. It how would many be. Shows. And- how many times, like psychotics like us, would say, uh, "Oh well, you know, I can only afford to go to the two LA shows, but damn, if I want to watch that Oakland show." Right. Exactly. I put in 10 bucks for, for a couple of extra shows throughout the tour. Absolutely. You so know? would I, man. So I, I agree with you. That seems to be the next step in the process. Uh, and it doesn't involve much on their end. Well, I say that, but it involves a film. I don't know what the, obviously. What the <laughs> I don't know what the, what's the word I'm looking for? The overhead. There you go. Would be for that. Yeah. I don't know what that would be, how much extra that would be. And if it's worth it to them, but it's a hell of an idea. It is. It is. Uh, I'd like to see it come to fruition. I don't know. Uh, more than anything, just just keep giving us more music. You know what I mean? I, I love it when we hear a new track is dropped, whether it's the solo stuff, which the band is continuing to embrace in their own respective avenues, or or together as a group, just exploring new sounds. I mean, they seem to be very creatively energized right now. Um, you know, Stone mentioned some things about wanting to kind of really veer away and, and just kind of explore some new terrain. And I'm curious, you know, if, if all the band members feel that way, I'd like to think that it'll, it, we won't be waiting seven, eight, nine more years for more music. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of that, how about Gigaton? Uh, obviously, that's a major talking point from 2020. We finally got oh, new dude. music. And we did. Yeah. And we, we got it before we knew that it was going to be the only major thing this band did the entire year. Yeah. We got it. We did. We did. And, and you know, I, I was just talking with my wife earlier tonight about how hard of a year this has been. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, woe is me and, and, you know, detail all my trials and tribulations or anything like that. Far, far more people out there have experienced far worse. Um, look, I'm happy. I'm healthy. My family is healthy for all intents and purposes. I don't have much to complain about, you know what I mean? Uh, but nonetheless, I think that 2020 has been a very challenging year for, I would imagine most people listening to this. Uh, in, including you and I. And for us to get an album like this, I mean, if you had to say, hey, what were the top five, 10 moments of the year for you? Pearl Jam dropping an album would ordinarily be on that list regardless. But in a year like this, my oh my, was this needed. Um, especially in the very beginning of of COVID when we knew next to nothing about this. Yeah. Like, I even if 
you're listening to only the smart people, you still didn't know a whole lot of what was going on because they, they still didn't know. And then you throw in and on top of that, you know, misinformation from people who don't know anything. And then you're really clueless as to what the hell's going on. So it just, it's anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And then at the same time, you're looking for all these outlets to stay sane and, and feel normal. Right. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, new Pearl Jam, new Pearl, we have new Pearl Jam coming March 27th, March 27th. And then the lockdown happens. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Second single came out. Oh, cool. Uh, Super Blood Wolf Moon. This is a really cool song. Okay, cool. Watching the video. Okay, great. And then you're on online on the, on the forums and talking to people in, in, in the chat rooms and the forums and stuff like that. And it, that was that was a way to stay sane and, and looking forward to a new Pearl Jam album coming out. It kind of overtook my headspace in a lot of ways beyond the normal stuff of, of being a dad and, and a husband. But like, any free moment my mind could 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 have was trying to look away from the news and focus on the positivity that new Pearl Jam was coming. It was almost here. I remember when Dance came out, I was like, oh man, I gotta wait. It was it was like uh two and a half months for it to come out. And then when when we realized what COVID was, and it was like the very beginning of March, and we we're like, well, nothing's going to happen now. Well, why can't they just move it up? What's the difference? And so we're just like, well, come on, come on, come on. And they didn't do it. And we had to wait the full the full two and a half months. And that felt like forever. And and now that feels like an absolute lifetime ago. Doesn't it? But that was, that was, that kept us going for the first quarter of the year that it we really had did. new Pearl Jam coming. Yeah, it really did, man. And it's funny you mentioned Super Blood Wolf Moon. That would have been the next thing on my list. Mm. You know? Yeah, because it's just, they, they finally nailed dad punk. <laughs> they went, they, they went through the river of shit as we mentioned before. <laughs> yeah, Andy Dufresne would be very, very proud. Uh, it, it's a great track, man. And, and the video was super cool for it as well. A super cool video for super blood wolf moon. It's own little mini show, right? Yeah. It's a tiny concert, right? They actually made mm-hmm. a t-shirt out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like the, the biggest thing what was was the new album but i think from that spawned a lot of other very interesting moments and and one of them i think is for many many people and for most fans of this group um a hi hello how are you to black circle and that was due yeah. to their within 24 hours cover of dance of the clairvoyance uh which would, would have come out like on january 21st or whatever, whatever the hell the day was. And I remember seeing it because I just did like a Google search or, something, or YouTube. I was on YouTube and it just popped up as one of your suggested things. And I go, Oh, I remember these guys. They did that really cool cover of black. And I, I knew of them, but I hadn't right. attention. And so I, I, I listened to it and I go, Holy shit, this is like better than the, than the original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was still, I still hadn't really signed on to the you whole, hadn't signed on to the, the whole the electronic, electronic yeah, thing, yeah. dance vibe going on. And I said, I immediately sent it to you. And I think, I think your wife agreed with me that it was way better. <laughs> yeah. And, but it, it completely introduced us to this band. Like, Oh shit, these guys are great. And then, so it made me go back down the rabbit hole of their videos. And all of a sudden I'm seeing that they're doing a live stream like a couple months later. Yeah. And what, look what happened. What, what would you say is the most, cause I, I want to get to the cover bands in a sec, but mm-hmm. 
What would you say is, is the most pleasantly surprising thing that came from the band? Pleasantly surprising. Not necessarily music. Uh, no, sure. It doesn't have to be music. Pleasantly surprising. I don't know. I, I mean, I get the most surprising thing was, was the way some of the songs sounded and how the whole thing was produced. Pardon my burp. Um, I guess I was pleasantly surprised at how they were able to pivot and be more, um, I guess, available to the fan uh-huh. because we complained in late summer, like, Hey, they're not, they're not like doing a whole lot. You think you see other bands doing like drive-in shows and, and throwing out a single or, or doing something. And we didn't get a whole lot from them in that regard. But over the last four or five months, they've been kind of beating us over the head with a whole number of things, including yeah. the streaming things, as you mentioned. Yeah. So I, I think I'm pleasantly surprised by their, their, um, maybe a little slow, but reaction to all of this and giving us some nuggets that we have not been used to mm-hmm. and, and getting into their homes and, and seeing more from a ton of interviews from with stone and Jeff and, and Matt bringing back uh, this whole new dragons thing. I'm so excited to see if, if they, those guys put music together in some capacity, cause that'd be amazing. Um, his thing with Taylor Hawkins, that, that those two songs are awesome. Uh, You've got Painted Shield. You've got Mike playing with Brandy Carlisle and doing his little bathroom. All these different things. And then the three-hour interview with Howard Stern, which is like its own little tentpole moment. Right. You just – I was so pleasantly surprised at how much they let us into their lives and, and access them over the last few months. Because like, like we said, they're usually pretty closed off and standoffish right. in that regard, a little close to the vest. So for me, it was probably how they've opened themselves up to us the last few months. Yeah. For me, I'd say diversification. Mm. I'm going to say grounded diversification. I say that because to see what, what Stone did with Painted Shield, but also his cover of Soundgarden's Hunted Down, which mm, I yeah. thought was like, kind of, hey, let's reimagine some things. That was really interesting. Um, kind of curious if a band ever wants to explore some of their own music that way, uh, looking at what, what Jeff and the guys did, how, how they put dance of the clairvoyance together. Um, obviously Eddie on a piano for that wonderful benefit track. I oh, mean, yeah, that was great. There, there's just so much that, that, that they just felt like you said, you know, it just, it, it, there was creativity being bred this year that I don't know if that would have been quite pushed in the same way otherwise. So, now I feel like the band is armed with all these extra tools in their belt. That's a great way of putting it. And I'm, I'm very curious to see moving forward what they start producing and the rate at which they start producing it. Um, they're the kind of band that I could actually see saying, you know what, let's just start punching out some stuff a little bit more, more quickly just because the response has been amazing from fans and we feed off the stuff. This is what we do. This is who we are. Let's just get it out there. Let's just start putting stuff out there more often. It would be awesome if 
I mean, you know, there was a time back in the day where bands would literally drop an album every year. I mean, I think Iron Maiden's first three or four albums were like, same like with literally. Zeppelin. They had four, yeah, five Zeppelin, albums same thing. Years. Dude, it was nuts. Exactly. So I'm not saying we need an album every year from Pearl Jam. Like they, they work at a pace that produces great music and I respect their process. But it would be fantastic if we just get these little one-offs more often, especially in lieu of what will now be a defunct Christmas single program. I'm totally at peace with that. If I know there's going to be three or four tracks coming every year, they just kind of get trickled out like this that to me more than make up for it um so but i said grounded diversification because i look at what they did with some of their their older music like atlanta 94 and some of that stuff and say hey you know what uh, let's make sure that we go back to who we were and and those roots and let's remaster some of this stuff and just kind of put that stuff back out there as well. So it's not the diversification, who they are and what they become, all that's not getting lost in the process. Because there there have been some comments, I want to say it's from Jeff, where he talks about not being a big fan of looking backwards. And I understand that, but at the same time, being understanding that owning your past and and, and celebrating it um is huge yeah and you've got to you've got to have that balance and to say hey we acknowledge that the second show in atlanta 1994 is legendary how about we give you like a, a really nice copy of that as opposed to yeah, the radio? like looking back i get it if you say we don't want to remake versus for our next record sure well, I don't think any of us want you to either. You know what I mean? I'm sure there are people out there that would love that, but that's not what real Pearl Jam fans want. Um, but re-releasing re something, that's not looking backwards. You know what I mean? That That's not getting stuck in the past. That's just saying, hey, like you said, let's celebrate this wonderful era in our music and give back. I wish we could celebrate no code a bit more. But. I was just going to say, the, 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 the great thing about the Vault series, and I'm going to include Atlanta in, in the Vault series, is that it is a great celebration of you know, highlights from yesteryear. And obviously, yeah. if we could get our hands on, on the, uh, the tapes and, and pick and choose some shows, I think we'd have a couple more in there that, that are pretty uh, looked after or looked for. Uh, but I think coming back to the whole... Um, maybe getting more music uh, more frequently thing stone mentioned in an interview with title a couple of weeks ago or a week ago that, and it was a response um, that I think Jeff had as well in that they're never going to take live shows for granted ever again. They're, they're going to feel that gratitude even more than they already have once they finally get back out there. And I think that, you know, when they talk about, writing music to play live, this thing is going to be kind of like a circle where it's going to say, okay, we got to put out some music so that we can go out and play it live because we know how much these live shows mean. And I think they can, can also look at that big block of time between lightning bolt and now and say, okay, we, we kind of started doing some greatest hits shows the last couple of years. And that can get a little long in the tooth after a while. Maybe that'll make them start spinning, especially on top of all this time they've had to write. All this time by themselves with their thoughts, can't do anything but write. They've got the other outlets as well. So all this creativity is spinning, spinning, spinning. So who's to say that they don't already have a number of ideas sort of fleshed out that 
wouldn't need very long to marinate together with a Josh or a Brendan who, or whoever and put out something sooner. I hope so. From from your lips to God's ears, my man. I know, right? What else do we have this from this year? I mentioned uh, Ed interviewing or Ed being interviewed by by Howard. Um, I think you know Ed's the kind of guy uh, that I mentioned it before. He's he's usually fairly close to the vest. We only know of his past through what other people have written about him mm-hmm. and the few things that we can decipher from his lyrics. But to be interviewed by a guy like Howard Stern, like Howard Stern, who is so good at just finding a way under the layers of somebody and, and convincing them to show those layers to everybody else. I was so happy that he did that and that he did it for three hours. Yeah, that was intense. I don't think we get that otherwise. No. And I mean, he, he did an interview. Um, he and Jeff were interviewed by Bill Simmons on Bill Simmons's podcast, right? When Gigaton came out and that was about a two and a half hour podcast, but it was like fun stories and like a couple of, you know, Hey, what song you like to play live the most, you know, the, the, you know, more casual fan type of types of, uh, questions and answers. Whereas Howard just wanted to know about the person, because if you know about the person, then you can pinpoint, Oh, that's where, you know, insignificance came from, or that's where better man came from. And you can start fitting, fitting things in. And it makes the songs that much more powerful because you actually have the story behind it now, right. not just guessing. Right. What else do you got? Any other big moments? I, that's the, I'd say those are the biggest ones for me. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Jeff was asked in the summer about Pearl Jam 30th anniversary. And he said, well, we've been, uh, we've had life on hold for about six months. So I, I think that our 30th anniversary is technically delayed by at least six months. It's obviously been longer than that now. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I feel like he was semi-serious when he said, you know, there would be things to celebrate the anniversary. Do you think there will be some sort of 30th anniversary proper in 2021? Or do you think that maybe the 10 days of Pearl Jam was kind of just a, like a, Oh, well here it is kind of thing. No, I think the 10 days of Pearl Jam was just, it's a hard year and it's the holidays and let's it's granted. I, I, I think, it was 10 days, not 12 days. Right. So I I think in some respects, yes, that was their way of celebrating their anniversary through the holiday. But I'm not saying we're going to get this massive concert. Like we got, uh, for Pearl Jam, um, was it the 25 year anniversary? No, it was 20th. And I 20th. Right. Yeah, I know that's nuts, man. That's nuts. I I don't think we're going to necessarily see that next year, just because the amount of coordination and everything going on in the world, I just don't see that getting put together, but I'd be surprised if they don't try and do, you know, something I'd say in 2021. Um, I don't know what it would be obviously just cause it's, it would probably be more 10 focused. Um, yeah. Cause it'd be 30 years from of 10. Exactly. So I, unless it's some type of, they already had the big re-release, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, we're not going to get anything like that. Um, 
So I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It, 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 what would be cool is if they put together like an old school billing, get like uh, Soundgarden. Well, you can't do Soundgarden. I was thinking if, if they had like a, a fill in or something like that, but get, get uh, the Chili Peppers and get Alice in Chains mm-hmm. and just throw together like what would have been a billing back in 91. Mud Honey. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a pretty cool show. Um, do so I drop, could see do it at the park in Seattle. Something, you know, I, I could see something like that coming out. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't think it's going to be anything big and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm kind of liking these, these little gems being dropped here and there. Mm. What a year 2020 mm. Pearl jam, probably the weirdest year yet. I would say of this band. I mean, there's been some weird years. 95 was not a walk down main street for any, for, for at all. You know, one thing that we, I, uh, this is going to sound weird, but since we're talking, you know, this is basically our, our, our new year's episode, the last one of, of mm-hmm. 2020. If there was one thing I'm grateful for more so than the new album and all these, the, the wonderful content that's come out, uh, first and foremost, the guys are at an age where, especially with some of the members being afflicted with various ailments in the past, I'm glad they're all still with us. We've lost a lot of great, great musicians in the community from that scene and that era that we love so much over the years. So to have the, the band whole and still together and still creatively inspired by, by each other and making relevant music, not just regurgitating the old school sound and, and just pumping out, you know, recycled trash. I can't imagine being a Pearl Jam fan in the 90s and thinking when I'm older that this is what they'd still be providing to me. So I, I'm just grateful that that they they, they haven't found themselves in a hospital bed this year uh, and that they're continuing to do what they love to do and do it so well. Hell yeah. Let's go to our lyric of the week. Lyric of the week this week comes from Riot Act and it's Love Boat Captain. Is this just a So Love Bow Captain, we felt that this one in this section kind of uh, was our uh, hope and our good, our good um, giving some good juju to the end of this year, moving into 2021. Um, how, do you, how do you see this set of lyrics from Love Bow Captain? Uh, what's the world without love? I think uh, uh, if there was ever a year where that message needed to be resoundingly amplified it would be 2020 my friend so uh, i mean you know just this is the year where especially with all the conflicts we've had across the political landscape um just dotting our cultural landscape this year i feel like 
the band has tried to be the love boat captain that we need. <laughs> mm. And, and, uh, and I think that that's, that's a message that we can all hang our hats on and, and make that kind of the theme of 2021, if you will. Yeah. We're, we're going to have bumps in the road. We had bumps in, the, in this road for sure. There will always be conflict and, and in this world, in our country, especially um, we've been tested like we've never seen in our lifetimes this year in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, when you were talking, I remembered, oh yeah, George Floyd was like seven months ago. Yeah. It feels like forever ago. Dude, this year, I swear. <laughs> it, it, it's like, and I mean, is it just a phase or is there something deeper to the divisions and struggles that we face? And it's probably the latter, Right. but we, we hope that it's just the former. Um, some of us uh, try in vain to fix our issues either by, lack of means, ability, awareness, wisdom. It's difficult being human sometimes. Right. The head and heart are, are so often disconnected or at odds, as we've seen this year in, in so many different fronts. And truly the best way to see yourself through tough times is to bond together. Uh, we, we, right. have, we have found this this year. To, to use love in any form to overcome hardships, it's, it's a tried and true method for centuries. And it's a shame we can't remember this more often. And I, I, we coming back to, we mentioned the cover bands, the tribute bands earlier. That was one way for me to bond with people. Right. We had, we had those five interviews. We we've kept in, in quite close touch with a couple of them. Um, and, and just so happens that they're the farthest away from us in, in mm-hmm. a different hemisphere. And, uh, I just find that you, you make these new relationships and you allow Pearl Jam to be the canvas on which you paint a new picture of, of friendship and, and whatever that is. And you, without that, this year would have been very different and a lot harder to get through. So um, luckily, this show has allowed you and I to find our way through this this year. But on top of that, add in the layer of, of meeting all these new people. As we said in our Thanksgiving episode, it, it cannot be said enough that these relationships that have been fostered are, are a huge help, mm-hmm. uh, especially mentally, <laughs> to get through this, this year. So hopefully we can, we can realize what love is, what these things do to you when, not, um, when, when you don't use love to, to surmount the problem. And, and remind ourselves of that in the next year because it's, we're not through everything just yet and we're never going to be through some of these things ever, but we got to use this tool best we can. Right, exactly. And it's that community that becomes fostered through that. Um, and I said I was going to come back to the cover bands at some point here. And, and this is, that's the perfect segue, my friend, because it's been a privilege and a pleasure to be a part of a much larger community, not only of, of lovers of music, but specifically uh, musicians and music fans. It's been a privilege and a pleasure to partake in this community that's centered around the band. And it's afforded us the opportunity to meet some wonderful bands. And I said this to the guys at Black Circle in a separate chat that, that you and I are a part of, that all these folks, they're better people. You know what I mean? They're great bands, but they're even better people. And that's something that has me really optimistic. 
about being a Pearl Jam fan in 2021. It's just the evolving sense of community that has come out of this experience that in the past I, I felt like was very fragmented. I mean, you and I always had a strong bond revolving around the band, but I didn't feel like I, I, I could extend tentacles out to much more, you know, and now feeling like the, it's so much bigger than that. It, it really excites me. You can, you can feel that community in a, in a fraction of time when you go to a show uh, and, and you just talk to people around you amongst 35,000 people, whatever it is, exactly. you can feel that in a three hour time frame. but to have that, absent same, that, right. <laughs> to, to have that feeling pretty consistently over a handful of months when we're all just kind of stuck where we are and all we have are, is this through screen and through audio interface mm. uh, is wild. And it's so helpful. And I mean, I'm looking at a screenshot right now I took of Live on Four Legs' um, uh, Secret Santa Zoom. And there's literally, there's like- Such 80, a lot of fun. There's like, and, there's like and a shout screens. out to, uh, to everybody that was there that day. Yeah. It I just, mean, incredible that Randy and John put that together. And you have this, all these fucking people on here that are just, hey, I, you got me a t-shirt. Hey, you got me a candle. Hey, you got me an ornament. Hey, you got me. And so everyone's just trying to use that love to be surmountable. Yeah or to surmount all the problems that we have. We're all love boat captains, I guess. There we go. Well, speaking of love boat captain, that is our lyric of the week. We have a live cut of the week and here it is. Ready to stand up. We are doing love boat captain, as I said. So obviously going from, uh, 02, 03, 04 ish. Where are we going? When are we going? We're going uh, June 13th, 2003, Council Bluffs, mm, Iowa. Iowa, yeah. just outside of Omaha. Yeah, I know, man. Um, so uh, this particular show was unique in the tour in the sense that it was a much smaller venue, actually. I think there's about six or 7,000 people at the Mid America Center out there. And because of that, you had a very passionate fan base that was just really chanting and clapping along with all the tracks and this this particular song they just seemed really enthusiastic about but more importantly the band was just dialed in boom was flawless it, everything about the essence of the song everything that you and i just talked about really seems to soar in this particular rendition and so for me it's the best rendition of this track during that tour all right let's go to council bluffs iowa on june 13th 2003 Just another day This God-forgotten place First comes love and then comes pain Let the games begin Questions arise and answers fall Insurmountable Love bone captain
comes to clear I know it's already been some Can't be said enough Love is all you need yeah. All we need is love Love, love Paul, what I love about this song, besides, or this version of this song, is that, well, first of all, Boom is just really present. Yeah, that's what I loved about this version. Um, I love that Mike's solo, for the first half of it, kind of mimics an organ with the harmonizing mm -hmm. effect he has on his guitar. Uh, the band is very tight, and they're right in the middle of their tour, so you'd expect them to be pretty tight at that point, right. um, which is great. And I think between the small crowd who may not have ever had a Pearl Jam show before this point was obviously very pumped to be there. Right. But the show opens with Ark. Yeah. And it was Ed with headphones on, I think. Ed with headphones, a looper, no lights on, starts the show with Ark. Then the guys come out and they blast them to save you. I want to say it was like performance number four or five out of the nine. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you know the story behind that, th then you're already jacked up. Right. And because from listening to the show and reading the notes, you get the sense that there was a very symbiotic relationship that night between the crowd and the band and yeah. one was helping the other. And so you get to the point mid set where love boat captain sits and everything is elevated. And I don't think it's a surprise that this song led into nothing, man, because mm -hmm. those two make a perfect act one and two. They, they yep. really feed into each other or one feeds into the other. And um, I think it's a great choice. I think all the context makes it a great song or makes it a great version. And uh, there you go. I a hundred percent agree. Council Buffs, Iowa, 2003 guys, check that one out. And um, that's it for us. That's it for 2020. Uh, we will see you in 2021 with more new shows, more crazy listicles, more ridiculous opinions. Uh, Outlandish. Absurdity. The audacity. I know. <laughs> any, any parting words for this year, Paul? My God, good riddance. <laughs> no, there, there was a lot of wonderful things to come out of it, but dude, I'm ready to turn the page. Bob Seeger. Yeah, exactly. Metallica covered it. Come That's on, true. Pearl That's Jam. True. Why not? <laughs> All right, gang. Uh, have a lovely, um, healthy, and safe New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever you're doing. Do it right. Do it well. Have a and cocktail. And do it to some Pearl Jam. Listen to some Pearl Jam. We will see you next year in 2021. And until then, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.